0: Hello and welcome to the evolution of confidence. Today I'm super excited because I have a special guest with me. I know usually I do these episodes alone, and now I'm starting to interview people who are inspirational, who can show us how they use their confidence to get to where they are today and kind of show us what trials and tribulations they go through so that we can understand how we can get to that point as well. So, Margot. Equity. Etedgi. (laughs) Etedgi is here with us. She is the real Queen Margot on social media. If you follow her, if you don't follow her now, it's the real Queen Margot on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, welcome, Margot. Margot is a friend of mine, uh, so this is going to be a really fun episode because we are good friends. We've been friends for I don't know, like a year Three and a half, now, or two actually, years. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, since lockdown, You've basically. Had a whole life and yeah.
1: That's crazy. That went yeah.
0: that quickly, but yeah. Um, but yeah. So we're gonna kind of talk about like, you know, Margot and how she has gotten so successful with social media and how she uses that to help her business. And then also, we'll kind of go into the market and talk about just our perspective. So without further ado, Margot, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started into lending, first of all, and then how you got into social media and how you kind of like meld the two together?
1: So I started really like my career path really started in fashion and I got a lot of like taste for sales and dealing with people and uh, moving up in the ranks and management I started dealing with like teams and then like problems and solutions and stuff and in college I was like okay like I've worked up like a decently high position what is the next step for me? Right. And I felt like there was this really, really high ladder that no matter how high I climbed, I was never going to be able to really achieve like the type of financial freedom that I was being inspired by, which were people like my dad and all the people around me that actually, when I was looking at it, it was like they were in real estate and finance and that allowed them to have the life that I wanted to have. And, Growing up and I I think, you know, when I chose the fashion industry, I was very young. I was like four. It was from 14 to 21 and it wasn't until I was like 21 going into like a little bit through college that I was like Okay, I don't know learning enough that I know with the experience that I know I don't know that this is going to get me where I want to be right So I want to explore other avenues and real estate was something that was super interesting to me because of the sales aspect of it but when you're really young and you think about real estate, especially like five six years ago, when there really wasn't anything other than um, what was it back then, and it still is now, but million dollar listing yes. it was the only show that was like popping or five, HGTV six years ago. or HGTV yeah. exactly like Fixer Upper yes, houses. Bitch. I was literally watching Fixer Upper <laughs> and Fixing and, and I was like, yes, because like, we started it. at
0: around the same time, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah,
1: oh, when you got like five license. years, yeah. yeah so anyway so i was like okay like this may not be the route for me because there's like way too much competition right now just i I don't know that real estate is going to be the route and then when i was speaking to my dad about options for me he was like okay well you know honestly maybe mortgages is going to be better off your thing like you may be more competitive selling money and not having to sell a product that everyone else is trying to sell but offer a product and a service that people need and when I did my research I was like okay well there's very little like competition and very little noise out there as to what lending looks like and is so I feel like I can make that my own version of it
0: yeah 100%. and 100%. yeah,
1: and like very quickly on when I was like going out to like network with people and like just my outfits that I would put together and stuff was like able to be that conversation starter. So right. I put confidence in what I knew, which in the beginning was just fashion to literally like sell myself. Right. Right. And it kind of like worked up from there.
0: Because you kind of understand how fashion and stuff works with marketing. And then that helps you to get, you know, views and social media and clients. And it kind of all
1: snowballs together. It
0: kind of melts together.
1: And one thing that I also feel like I talk, and I say this all the time, something that the fashion industry helped me learn that helps me now today is like, for tre- like forecasting what the trend is going to be right and so right. that helps me be be very in tune with what's happening in the market and like what the demand actually right. is right. from the consumers because that was something that we had to study to be like well where are we going to at one point when I became a fashion merchandiser at first people think like that's just making the store windows look pretty it was actually which I still think is very interesting placing a product in a store and why placing it there like how is it going to generate the most money right you see it's like I'm very saying? intentional yeah it's, exactly is very intentional and so I felt like just I was able to kind of very quickly understand what the demand in the market was and see and that's kind of where like the social media like you know halfway into it but very in the beginning like seeing certain types of clients what their problems were right and offering solutions and like forecasting okay well if these are the clients and these are the problems these are the solutions we need to offer
0: and then you can kind of get that feedback from them and tailor your actual work Mm -hmm. you know on the ground like as a mortgage broker with the content that you're putting out exactly I feel like I do that all the time where I'm like oh, they need more of this? Like, let me educate them on this. And like, oh, does somebody want to know how much they need to put down on a property? Like, yeah. how much they need to have saved? Exactly. Let's talk about that. Or let's talk about what income a property is going to bring in. But you're only going to know that through, like, the trial and error exactly. of putting that out there. And exactly. kind of like, it's almost like survey, surveying the crowd kind yes. of, of like
1: yes. of like but what do what people do. want to
0: know and then it helps us with our day-to-day jobs like it really does yeah. but that's yeah. what we do
1: when like we look back at content we're like why did that work oh because we spoke about this I guess they need to know right. more about that a hundred percent
0: a hundred percent and do you this is something that I've been thinking about a lot recently which is kind of random but like I think it was like three or four years ago when I was still like a newer agent, but I was using social media kind of more on Instagram to promote my listings, stuff like that. And I thought, I wonder what social media, what effect social media will have on the market itself. And I've lately been seeing like a lot of, like you said, a lot of the clients, they don't even just give me feedback on my videos, but they give feedback on other videos that they see from other creators. So like, how much do you feel like the market is affected by social media and by content that people are consuming. Like when they get a video that says, oh, the recession is coming. Like, do you see that on your end, like in real time that people are reacting to that?
1: It's definitely like, it's a, it's a definite known fact, okay? That people are obtaining more information and faster like news headlines through social media. Right. And so when you do, when when creators are making content, about houses, uh, teaching about, you know, recession is coming and economics and stuff, people are listening. And it does, and this is why the word influence is so powerful, it does influence people to then talk about right. that and kind of puts that in people's brains. Right. And there's been many times where I've had people come to me and say, Oh, hi, yes. Well, I heard on social media and yes. online yes. that I can get a house doing XYZ. And I'm like, right. Okay, well, like, let me break that down for you and actually right. tell you the fine print. And that's kind of where things get a little interesting or like um, someone says oh yeah I I saw that somebody got a two percent interest rate and you're like that doesn't exist right exactly (laughs) and it's just like so there's a lot of like influence to like what you're what you're putting out on there online and um I think it's just important that people kind of do a little bit more digging yeah you know what I mean like because I think a lot of people will give you the highlights and it's kind of like you're taking it for face value, but it's still, and that's, a, and I think that's why like our jobs are still very important because there still has to be that expert that guides you through those headlines that you're seeing on social media. That's like boots on the ground in the market every day. Exactly. I think that is the
0: most valuable thing. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, I value reading a lot, and I know that you read. I see on your Instagram stories you, like, are, like, an avid reader, which is amazing. I always, like – It's like meditation. Look up to people. Yeah, because I'm not a great reader, but – I feel like the best learning, like, for your craft Mm -hmm. is being physically in. And, like, you can, you know, consume a bunch of content, consume a bunch of information about real estate and stuff, but unless you're, like, working in the field and doing the calls day to day and seeing the different rates and seeing the different deals that are Mm -hmm. happening, Mm -hmm. like, seeing the deals start to finish, it teaches you so much. Like, I always tell the agents, every deal you're going to learn so much that, you know, takes you further – But if you're just doing the content you're Mm -hmm. not physically in the market, it's so hard to actually have factual information. That's not just like what you Googled or what you put into like chat GPT and stuff like that. You know, people always say, I don't know if they say this about mortgages, that like more AI is going to take over like the mortgage process. I'm sure they don't as much as real estate, but maybe they do.
1: You know, and technology has always been kind of like a threat to really every industry that has been known to be a service provider because like yeah technology is just trying to like cut down the manpower but just going back to actually what you were saying in terms of like how social media affects the market funny enough what I noticed like as you were saying you know your spiel on your two cents about it you know what's funny is that like when I started and and obviously, you know, like I push a lot of non-traditional lending, right? Right. And I talked about certain programs that would help investors, like get you know mortgages without uh, uh, showing income documents. And I started to notice that actually, like creators, like in in any specific field, when you start to like educate, even like I said, like industry professionals are on social media, so they're kind of getting their knowledge too. Like certain programs and information about what's happening on the market, types of programs are getting out there faster. Right. And so like even for me, when I was seeing like people talking about like, you know, no money down or like certain things about commercial, I was like, okay, like I'm seeing what people are doing and talking about. And it does make people in our industry and in any industry adjust faster. Right. Because you can see what other people are doing and talking about. A hundred percent. Which is interesting because the people that are experts are like, like, oh, I, I am able to, like, read between the lines. I get it. If this is what everyone's talking about. And this goes viral because people like that, because people want to know more about then it. And they'll want that product Then everyone more, right. wants, exactly. It's all just, like, it's interesting how that works for both ways, the consumers and the people in the industry. 100%. And I think people forget that, like, You know everybody is on social media yes consumers industry professionals your next client like everyone's on there yeah so it's very interesting like what you put out there and what you can get back from it yeah and you know even like people like us who also depend on referral partners to give us business right right it's super important to like understand your audience and understand like what type of content you're creating and who that's going to speak to 100%. is it the end user <clears throat> is it another industry professional who's going to give you business like there's so many different avenues you can kind of go about that
0: right like who's your target audience yeah. it, it really is true and Speaking of what you just said, because I know that we had talked about this before, because Margot and I have known each other since we pretty much like you had a following and I had a little bit of a following when we met, but it was like the very beginning of like 2020, I want to say. How did like how much pushback did you get in the beginning when TikTok was not like respected at all as like a way to bring in business? How did you deal with pushback of people being like, that's a waste of time for you to be making videos on TikTok?
1: I didn't get too much pushback because I think luckily for us with our timing on social media, especially TikTok it kind of worked pretty quickly for us. Right, and so right. it kind of spoke on its own. And I think in the very beginning, maybe people in my company were maybe the, the few people that were giving me pushback only because it took a little bit of time to convert right, the actual right. audience Um, you know, we're not selling a pair of shoes. We're selling a mortgage right? and just like pre-qualifying someone and then them having to be paired with an agent and finding a house. Like all of that takes time. Yes. So before you, before that, you like actually tasted the fruit of your labor, if you will, it was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But I would say 98% of people, um, were very much impressed because right. it was new and everyone wanted to know about it and right. it was still impressive one way or another but then you also had other content creators who were like okay well tiktok followers are not as important as instagram followers or youtube followers, right like, whatever right. so I, that was interesting i don't even understand yeah. that
0: argument because i've heard that a lot where like yeah. instagram is more important youtube yeah. is like the most important yes. but to me i'm like these are all people yes. like how does that even make sense you know like it's like a numbers volume that's kind of even with real estate, like people every day are like, I want to get into luxury real estate. I want luxury. And they probably, you too, you probably have in your Mm -hmm. DMs, like I want to do these big commercial deals, blah, blah, blah. Like focus on volume to learn first. And then like you can, you know, pick and choose. But I think the same goes with social media. It's like the volume of what you put out and then you like get better at it and you, you know, but you have to focus on just like putting it out instead of being so, like, oh, I'm only going to post on the platform with, like, the good follower. Like, I don't know if that doesn't even make sense, you know?
1: You're right. And people, (laughs) you're definitely right. And I think what people forget is that People are on every app of all ages, and I think that people think, "Oh, well, but TikTok is just kids," and it's like that's actually not true. No, not at all. It depends the type of content you're putting out there. Yeah, if you're putting content that's more going to be enjoyed by kids, well, then yeah, your audience can be built by kids. You know, exactly. Like I've gotten literally like you know people that are buying investment properties or multiple million dollar properties, which we've gotten from TikTok and social media. Or not kids, just right. They're not throw that out.
0: <laughs> and, like, and and investors are getting younger and younger. Thank you,
1: actually. actually. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding ding ding, yes, correct. That's the thing. Like much younger, you know, may roll into a whole other topic. We're about to like uncover like the whole Pandora box here. But I think it's very interesting to talk about is that. When we started social media, 2020, 2021, like, at right. its peak, where, like, the following was growing, and there was a lot of demand coming in from yes. a lot of people. Interest rates were low, obviously. And you and we I were, it. Like, it, like, dying. Swarmed in it. Yeah. yeah drowned. Getting gray hair. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah literally. Like, anyways, um, the people were getting, yes, the, the younger generation was building wealth faster. Yes. Um, they were buying real estate more frequently and faster but because there was a lot more new investors coming in on the market when we were starting which was very interesting and I think now that it's been a year or two that they've like settled into their businesses into their investments see what it actually produces yes it has slowed down mm-hmm. but what's interesting with social media is that we're able to see like okay well where is the next demand if it's right. not the new young investors that it's, are now buying then who else is on the market buying because believe the, the cash Buyers. always buying it's, it's the, the cash older buyers. cash buyers it's the 1031 exchange yes. it's the foreigners that are coming yes. back yes you know okay and, and the Canadians
0: th- because yes. I didn't even think about that yes. and somebody brought that up the other day my father-in-law and I was like yeah. oh my god I didn't even think about that like we haven't had Canadian buyers in years and that used to be like half of my buyers were oh they
1: are active and especially now because just recently in Canada they passed a law where Canadians cannot buy investment properties because they need to be a correction of prices so that canadian citizens can actually have a chance to buy (laughs) so honestly like i would say like 50 percent of my pipeline right now is canadian wow a lot of condos no no like no 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 they're buying buildings they're buying yeah uh, waterfront homes you have a lot of like New York transplants that are selling everything they have every uh, over there and moving to South Florida, a lot of West coasters as well because there are luxury taxes imposed and rent control taxes. And so landlords and investors in places like New York, Canada, California, so like these are things to know about as of recently, landlords specifically, are seen as the devil because there's like all these laws that are controlling them, which is fair to the majority of the population. I'm not saying it's wrong because obviously it's like to control rent, it's to control prices, it's to allow other people to have the chance. So there's nothing wrong with that. But in the shoes of the investor, they still need to move it somewhere else. So South Florida is hot for that. And again, with social media, like we were, I feel like, I don't know about you, but like my pipeline over the last 3 years since we've had social media has had a lot of like shifts it's been like foreigners yes. and then like local investors yes. and then Airbnb and now commercial and it's like because we can see what's happening on social media we can kind of jump on those trends really
0: fast 100% and then start like kind yeah, of targeting that audience yes. yeah no yeah. it's true because Like you said, like, it was a lot younger buyers, a lot of people buying turnkey investment properties, and even, like, we talked about in the beginning, like, people used to watch HGTV. I used to help a lot of people buy fixer-uppers, because they, like, watch that content. Now they see the completely turnkey, like, I need something that's going to go on the Airbnb app right away, Mm -hmm. so I don't even want to buy a couch. Like, it's, like, to that extreme. Then, after March was over, and, like, the you know, uh, tourists went back. Yes. All of my cash buyers were like coming out of the woodworks, like my seasoned investors that have bought maybe five, six properties with me are like, keep an eye out. Like I'm ready. Like I'll buy something now because they understand, especially if you are experiencing the South Florida market specifically, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like pretty much like a given that the summer is going to be pretty dead. Like it's pretty slow in the summer. And then it picks up rapidly over the winter. So it's like if you know how to buy correctly and you can like scoop up a a fixer-upper over the summer, fix it up really quick, get it ready for the winter, like Mm -hmm. you can make so much money. It's just you have to, like we said, you have to either have somebody like boots on the ground that knows what they're doing. You have to have a lender that does creative financing because like we're talking about now, it's a different story when you're a brand new business owner and Mm -hmm. you're 35 years old and like – Maybe you don't have everything, all your ducks in a row and all your documents in a row. Like you need somebody who can do creative financing to help you with that so that you get the best rates, that you get the best deal, everything. But a lot of people I find don't know that the process is best to talk to a lender before you even speak to a real estate agent. How often are you getting referrals from agents where the clients are coming in that way or how often do they come directly to you first before they buy?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, people – and I always make the reference of, like, kind of like a shopping reference. Would you go shopping without checking your bank account? No, that's pretty safe because then you don't know how much you can spend, right? Right. And so I always kind of put that, like, very quickly out there, and they're like, oh, I I, I see how important that is now. Um, But it it does usually happen where, you know – Buyers, they they get caught up in like looking at pretty houses and just like window shopping on Zillow and stuff right. like that. So it, it is unfortunate that people do like to look for houses first and pick their budget from there and try to get pre-approved. Right. But that's never what you want it to be. The process should always be be pre-approved, know all of your options in case some of them fail because lending is not as like smooth, easy sailing as you may think, right. so you wanna have the capacity of not losing a deal and saying, okay, well, if this option doesn't work, I have option B and C ready to go, ready to play out it's super important and again like if if you don't know how much you're going to be pre-approved for then shopping is going to be shopping for a home be very disappointing if you look at something you love and then you find out you can't actually buy it. Right. What's exactly. Exactly. You're wasting everybody's time and you're breaking your own heart.
0: Right. No, it's true. And you fall in love, and sometimes your emotions get the best of you. And it's so good to have that price set up yeah. in the beginning, because especially even if it's your primary residence, it's still an investment, and you can still let your emotions get the best of you and overspend. And then you have this crazy mortgage that like you were not anticipating, but you like fell in love with the property. That's why you want to get that like budget like no this is how much I'm going to spend I'm not going to spend like a dime over this amount and then go shopping like you said and then you're like okay I'm equipped with what I need and I don't need to be like desperately overpaying for something or like feeling unprepared or feeling like I have to you know scramble and get a pre-approval letter at the last minute that kind of stuff because that's how It happens where you do that, and then you miss a document, and then it extends this, and then it's like more complicated. The more prepared you are as a buyer the easier it is for everybody involved to, like,
1: make sure everything goes smoothly and as planned. Correct. You don't want to be, as a buyer, you don't want to be in a position where the delays are your fault. Right. It's your fault you didn't, you're didn't. you not ready because you didn't give the documentation, because you didn't check that you weren't approved, or you didn't know what the rate was. Like, right. you should know that before signing the contract. So when you send your security deposit, like, it's done with confidence. Yes,
0: 100%. You always want to, like kind of almost envision yourself like super happy and confident at the closing table and like the best way to do all that is for everybody to be On point from the beginning,
1: (laughs) por favor.
0: So, I want to talk about kind of your personal shift in doing more deals for more deals for commercial instead of residential. I know you do both, Mm -hmm. but I know that you know you and I have both kind of started doing more commercial business. So, I want to know what products you kind of work with with commercial deals and where you see that headed because. In South Florida, we have so many older homes, we have so many older properties like that People, like we said, like it's not HGTV days anymore. People don't really want to do that work and deal with the permitting, all that stuff. What about, like, for the locals that have, you know, contractors on hand and they like have all these resources and they have the ability to get a flip done quickly? What are your recommendations for those kind of people and those buyers? Yeah.
1: So, recently I've been seeing a lot of um, investors kind of scoop up a lot of multifamily properties. Anything from, you know, 4 to 25 units is, like, a lot of just what I'm seeing across the board. Um, And especially here in South Florida, we have those, like, smaller buildings that are easy to manage, easy to operate, easy to turn into Airbnbs to kind of make a bigger cash cow from it. Um, So that's kind of been what's been really hot and what's been really interesting. Investors these days have become very savvy, and a lot of them kind of go in two routes these days it's either they're buying because they want to leverage and they want to grow their portfolio and do passive income those types of clients um are are buying with financing and what's interesting with commercial financing is that it it's, it is always in the lines of traditional because you're talking about running a business and right. a real business that's going to be in there. So they do look at tax returns. It is de- definitely more of a sophisticated buyer that has to be qualified. Um, but what's interesting is that you have a lot of other clients who maybe don't necessarily have the buy the excuse me the cash to buy the properties. But they're experienced investors and they have a ton of other properties that are producing income that they can leverage and do what we call cross-collateralization. And what that means is that they are able to leverage their own portfolios and the equity that's already in the properties they have to buy another income-producing property. Okay. And banks have been very much just like, hungry for these types of properties okay because they produce a lot of income and they're necessary people need housing right now right whether that's for short term or long term people need housing right and it's just kind of like better than doing a one-off single family residence airbnb in the mind of the lender when they're looking at like risk wise okay okay
0: so they're easier to be to qualify basically yeah you have a lot
1: more income coming from them so it's like easier to justify the amount of income that it's going to produce yes um, which is really interesting. And then a lot of people have also kind of taken a little bit of like renovation onto their own hands. Like I'm capable of renovating, like you said, Right. Um, but a lot of them are just doing like very neat, very clean, clean up renovations, not like, like let's get crazy and right. do extensions, like very simple. Like you said, something that can be put on Airbnb or, or can be rented on a right. turnkey ready because there's people just moving from everywhere right now. Like, What's crazy with Miami is that if you look at the commercial um, spaces, like vacancies here right. compared to the rest of the nation, I mean, we have a 0% office and commercial vacancy rate, whereas like a majority of the U.S. is between like 10 to 22%. That's crazy. Which means a lot of employees need to move here to be able to, you know, like that go is, with those numbers. So That is crazy. And yeah. to think
0: that a year ago, I remember I was looking for new office space because I had an issue and I got it resolved whatever Mm -hmm. but I couldn't believe how much the rent had increased even though we were still getting all these stories about like people downsizing and laying off workers and all this stuff like the and that's another thing like the messaging was inconsistent with the reality because if I had not looked for myself I wouldn't have known that like the rent increase was so severe and like that the inventory for office space and stuff like that was still so low, Mm -hmm. even though in our minds because of COVID and everything, we're just assuming there's got to be a million offices available and it's got to be like, these landlords are desperate for tenants and stuff like that. That was what was in my mind. And I was like, Oh my God, I remember I like jumped on Instagram and I was like, by the way, there's like no office space. Like, so if you're a commercial investor, you know, and you want to buy a warehouse or something like that, like, do it, you know?
1: But what's interesting is that, like, so those landlords, when the pandemic hit, had to get creative. Right. And a lot of people started to reconvert what traditional offices looked like and started yes. to make it, like, living spaces yes. and, like, art studios yeah. where, you know, they're, they're like, converted, where you can live there, you can work there. So yes. um, that kind of changed a lot, was, a like, lot. the usage of what office spaces really... You and know, I, see that a,
0: I see that a lot in downtown Fort Lauderdale, like the warehouse conversion spaces and mm-hmm. stuff like that into offices. So I'm sure in Miami, it's like even more so like yeah. those kind of conversions, which yeah. are really cool. Yes. But I remember talking to a developer about that just being like kind of an idea mm-hmm. a, a long time like of years ago. And then now it's like everywhere. Everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah. But how like, how do you feel like your transition with your business, moving forward with this year, um, you know, you're working with your dad, like your family business. How do you feel like going into the new year you want to you know, maximize your business? Are you focusing more on your mindset? I do like to talk about mindset on here. And sometimes my goals are, you know, this is how much I want to close a year and it's all about making money and stuff like that. Sometimes they're more about mindset. I know the last year you've been like, you know, going to the gym, like a really nice gym. And I kind of want to talk about that because I saw a TikTok actually this morning and the girl was like, one of the things that I do for self-care is I have like a really nice gym membership. That's like almost like a spa. And to me, like, a spa is, like, the ultimate success and luxury is, like, I would, like, live at a spa for the rest of my life. Yeah. So I want to know from your perspective, like, how that has changed your perspective, how it's changed your life to, like, treat yourself that way,
1: if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um, you know, I've always kind of believed in, like, uh, like, look good, feel good, but that also kind of meant, like... Being in the best environment possible to get the best results possible. Right. If that makes right. sense, you know what I mean. So like, okay, so going to the gym sucks, right? right? And like, you, you had like, I, I was just like, if there was a way that I could go, if there was like a way that I would be able to go to the gym all the time, it has to be like a gym that I love. It has to be something that like makes sense with my lifestyle. And um, in the be in the very beginning of twenty, 20- no, wait. Yeah, in the very beginning of 2022, I started working out just, like, randomly, and then I started getting into working out, and I signed up for a nice gym, and I also ended up getting, like, a trainer online that would kind of, like, set me up for success. Yeah. And, like, for me, like, knowledge has always been where, like, my confidence comes from and, like, my ability to do things. So having that trainer, like, digitally at my time, like, when I wanted, with all the information I needed plus having like this nice gym and like creating some sort of a basic routine for myself that like yeah sets me up for success has changed a lot for me in the sense where like my priorities um have a lot more meaning to it
0: that is nice you know what I mean like
1: I feel like before like before I didn't have a routine I really wasn't working out at all and it really was just like get up try to like have some sort of sanity so like i would read for a couple of minutes and then like walk my dog and then it was straight work content work content yes and now there's like a balance between like having a full hour to myself having yeah like you said access to go to like the steam room and like book a massage and yes. like having my workout done in the morning having my brain like wired in the perfect like calibration to like have everything done you know and like think And it's just like mind, body, soul is like a real thing. Yes. And when you have that like mind flow, body flow, and things are just flowing properly, like you're just able to produce in a better way. It is It is weird. And so like when you like start off your day in like a nicer gym with a nice environment and like good people around you and like everything is starting off right, you're setting yourself up for success. And
0: you're operating at that like high level. High level, sis.
1: Exactly. I love that because the
0: message i feel like a lot of the times of like how to be successful and like whatever is you know wake up at 4 a.m and only you only need four hours of sleep and like work every second and like blah 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 and and plan every like waking moment and all this shit and people talk about like the hustle culture and i think you and i are very similar as far as like our work ethic Mm -hmm. like we're both very I, like, I would say I'm a workaholic for sure just because my mind is always, like, wanting to work. And I'm I'm sure that you're kind of that way too. Like, yeah. I feel like when you're in this industry, you kind of – it's a fun job too. So, you kind of get addicted to it almost. Yeah, the, the, but the you deals. get out what you
1: put in. So. Exactly.
0: Like, I get addicted to closing the deals yeah. sometimes. 100 But, but – You know, you can consume as many self-help books as you want, Mm -hmm. but unless you're actively, like, going to sign up to the gym and you're going to go to it every day and you're going to go pay for the nice gym because, like, you work hard and you can afford it. Like, those are the kind of things I am so bad at, but they're so important. Like, they're so extremely important. When you just said, like, having that hour to yourself, I even thought this morning... I wish I could just have an hour to go to the gym and then I'll do my calls while I'm at the gym and it's like no bitch like <laughs> yeah put, bitch do not like, disturb no put hands. on do not yeah. disturb which I have not used all year yeah. but like put on fucking do not disturb when I discovered that button I was like this is what peace Jeez. feels like yeah this is what peace feels like, because not everything is urgent. No, like not everything is. You urgent.
1: You are not a brain surgeon in this. Right? <laughs> Let those people be on call twenty four seven. That is true. Okay, but that is ain't true. Ain't nobody died on I don't the, don't the operation do medical table.
0: Sales anymore, so right. I don't Precisely. have to live like that.
1: <laughs> and, it, it, even, and even sales—you're selling the equipment. It's not like, like you're in charge of the operation right. and the malfunctioning equipment in the surgery. No, it's like, true. Sometimes, like, like we take it too seriously where it's
0: like, okay, it's not the end of the world yeah. to like, you know, if something's urgent, it is, but you know, it's not always. And your mind is so important. And like, we always have to remind ourselves yeah. of that. Like remembering if you need to go to therapy and that helps you do it. If yeah. you, if it ends up not working, try something else. Yeah. Like I'm thinking maybe an hour with a trainer is more valuable to me than a therapist right now. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of like change as you feel throughout the year and yeah. in the new year and all that stuff. What are kind of the things that you have done over the past few years that you feel like are your, like, tried and true? This is what I stick to every year where, like, I have to write things down or I have to do these certain things that, like, keep me organized and keep me on track with my business and just in life in general.
1: I'm a very big, like, to-do list person.
0: Um, To-do lists really are – they're so simple, but they're so effective.
1: Yeah, like, I'm very big on, like, to-do lists and color coding – I feel like that doesn't 100% like answer your question. It does. No, it but really at the does. Because it is like, simple. you know, and, and this is kind of why one of the reasons why I, I even told you I wanted to see you today was because like I actually don't um, sit there and plan out too far ahead what I want like my business to look right. like. Right. But that's also because like, you know, every day the market changes, everything yes. changes, changes, and so you, I just kind of, like, I like to go with the flow, Yeah. but I've heard many times, like, that's not the right thing to say. It's actually not the way you want to go about your life. You need to be more planned and stuff, and, like, I do get that, Um, but pff, I don't really. I yeah. think
0: it's, like, whatever works for you. I think yeah. some people work when it's really regimented, and then some people, maybe that boxes them in and makes them, like, Sometimes I even think, oh, if I write down a number of what I want to close a year, am I limiting myself almost,
1: you know? But like, so for me to, I think to answer your question, and we were talking about this earlier when um, we met up this morning, uh, I think for me, the the key thing is always like, how do I improve uh, to become more organized? Yeah. For me, like I said, like the the to-do list thing is great, right? But like, I'm actually, I, I really want to perfect a an art of like time blocking my days. Yeah. Because the the few times that I do time block, I cannot tell you like how in control and powerful I feel that I'm able to do everything at the time. And I know, and you can check everything off. And so, you know, I think for me, like this year is something that I really want to work on is like really big on organization. Like That's how we were amazing. talking about like pre batching content, yes. making our social media be on like autopilot and just kind of like having a flow of everything and, and just like everything, just like kind of being on autopilot. I feel like it would make all of the different aspects of what it is now to be successful, which comes with social media, which is a full-time job and our job, our families, like ourselves, like, you know, I just kind of want all of that to flow better. And I think the key to that is kind of organization and a little bit of like less procrastination, but those are the things that like, yeah, I feel like I'm working on and constantly working on for my business. Um, but yeah, I'm always looking for like tools that can help me be more organized. Be more organized, I'm yeah. Just saying,
0: that's my like Achilles heel is yeah. organization. I'm not an organized person, and I like have always been very go with the flow. Yeah. Or I'm like whoa, whoa, or yeah. whatever. But it does when you have that kind of like ADHD mm-hmm. brain, it yeah. does help to have a schedule. And I kind of think back to like college days when you kind of had to put yourself on like a. You know what you're doing every 30 minutes pretty yeah. much cuz you're like working going true. to school you're you got to be in class yep. and you got to like get your homework done and you got to work and like it's like a whole thing and looking back I'm like that was probably my most productive time of my life was when I was really regimented with a schedule like yeah. that and feeling less anxious cuz yeah. you're like oh it's on paper it's written down it's
1: like in the books so I don't have to mm-hmm. have my hamster wheel brain yeah. but i think about and it's true like just being more realistic about it and yeah. actually having to write down, right? Like, gym, breakfast, stuff, yes. okay? Like, like an actual meals, like, skincare, like, shit like that. You know what I mean? Because then you're like, okay, like, these are my ideas. This is the time. But then, right. like, the day goes on. You're like, wait, like, I still haven't eaten and I haven't done this and I haven't done oh, that. Yeah. So it's like, just being realistic about what can be achieved in 24 hours and making the most out of that every day. But I think that that comes with like building out a really good foundation. And like every year, that's kind of my thing is like, how do I create the best foundation to be organized so that I could do the things that I love, like traveling and like being able to work more like, passively, yes. you know what I'm saying? Yes, The social media is on autopilot. You get your leads. You have your clients. You know 100%. what to do. You have your team. You know what to be delegated to. Um, and, I obviously, that's a work in progress with every day. It's like, yeah.
0: honestly, you were kind of one of the people that introduced me to a lot of more, like, not even
1: AI, but more, like, tech online that helps you with Just your being business. being self-sufficient. Yeah. Because it, I was a very one-man team kind of person yes. because I hated – giving away control, because I'm like, fuck, me too. I'll do it better, just me let me too. do it, and we have that, and so it was yeah. like, sis, like, you're like, this. you need yeah. this
0: tool, like, you need this for your needs, yeah. whatever, and that, and those little things, it really teaches you, like, don't try to be a hero, like, if there's an app for it, use the yes, fucking app, <laughs> like, yep. like, I, I'm always like, oh, I want to learn how to do it myself, but, like, sometimes you don't have time to do that, and, yep. and like, we're saying, like, putting things on autopilot, it's not as, crazy and saying oh artificial intelligence it's not as crazy when you're actually sitting down and just doing it out of necessity when you're like I need to organize this part of my business how do I figure this out oh Zapier oh use this thing oh use this and it like all these tools that are available to us but we just don't have the knowledge about you know in that moment once you just sit down and write your to-do list and say I'm going to accomplish this today and a lot of times what I'll do is I'll like write down what I want the result to be like Like, let me secure – or, like, instead of let me go show this house, I'm going to sell this house today. Like, and this is how I'm going to do it kind of thing and kind of having more purpose with everything that we do. And, like, when you're talking about blocking content, also another way to do that is, like, oh, I have a meeting at this time. It's at 1030. Okay, I'm already going to be, like, dressed up for this meeting. I'm already, like, going to Fort Lauderdale or something. Let me make a video on the way. and All that stuff, like – it helps so much to have a plan yes. 100% and then you can kind of like be free but i think we both have that goal this year yeah cuz i need to get my get my schedule together yeah. and like just like you said like having things that are more passive and not working harder instead of working smarter that's i think that's always the goal i think with content creation too yeah. i know that i definitely get like guilty feelings sometimes mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. i'm like i know that this is super beneficial to my business mm-hmm. However, I didn't like build my business making content mm-hmm. I built my business selling houses. So it's always that balance in your head of like, where should my time be? And even when you're not, even if you never want to use social media in your life to get business, but you want to like door knock or you want to, you know, go to networking events or something like that. And you're in the mortgage business and so you want to get more realtors. Like you have to understand how important those things are for your yes. business, even though it can feel like you're playing hooky or, like, you're cheating or something like that. Like, those things are necessary. And I used to be so stringent, like, I'm not going to go to any networking events and blah, 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 and, like, Mm. only working, like, on exact tasks that I have to get done. But you lose sight of, like, the ebb and flow of how marketing works with your business because I think when you're slow – that's the best time to be marketing the shit out of everything. Then when you're too busy to do marketing, you work on the clients that came from that marketing
1: that you did in your downtime. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think it's also just like important to be okay with not being like the jack of all trades. And the master of none. Like you you don't want to ever be in that position. So I think like it's really important to kind of like understand what you are best at. Yes. Spend your time on that and excel on that and then understand, okay, these things still need to get done and this is what I'm going to delegate. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? So that like you're really doing like exactly what you do best. A
0: hundred percent. And then people can see that and feel like the passion of what you're doing. And that's on the
1: forefront of your business. A hundred percent.
0: Sometimes, do you ever feel like this when you're on the phone with a client and you're just like in your zone and you're kind of like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like kind of like, I like like, it flows and you're like, it feels good to feel that, you know, and kind of identify that and focus on that, for sure. Mm. But I think we do get caught up in trying to do everything and trying to have 15 million hats. It's like crazy.
1: Yeah. But that, I think, also happens just... In the nature of like being on social media, we see people doing so much and we're like, okay, well, I should be able to do that too. But it's like, okay, why don't you just like take a step back? Yeah. See what you're really amazing at. Right. You know, pump it out just on that and then like be the queen and the specialist on those things because you do those best. And it's like, if it's not broken, why fix it? Right. Exactly.
0: It's overanalyzing. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. But that's why it's so important to first take care of your mind, first take care of your body, first take care of those things, even though you feel like you're procrastinating by doing that, but you're not. You're, like, setting yourself up, like you said, to be better at the meeting then, to be better at the project that you're doing, to not procrastinate because you started a day, you know, keeping a promise to yourself. That's, like, all snowballs and it accumulates and then it creates... This kind of vision board style life that you envision for yourself, but you can't really see it until you're living that day to day, like you're saying, like till you're going to the nice gym and you're keeping up with it and you're like getting your massage and you're putting yourself first. It's very hard for us to recognize how much that helps us. But
1: I think it's funny because in the it's I love that you brought this up because like in the beginning. It can feel like, bitch, am I faking it till I make it? Yes. But there's nothing wrong with that. Let me just nothing. tell you that in the beginning of my career, bitch, I acted like I was a top producer in my mind, okay? <laughs> when I was spending $14.50 for a latte with almond milk in like the Ritz-Carlton lobby because oh, I was like, God. what if I find someone that hears me that da 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 And those things work. And so it's like kind of putting yourself Physically, okay? Yes. Not just mentally, but mentally and physically in that life that you want to live putting yourself in the pla- in the right places at the right time so the right people can see you. Very true. Like, people ask me all the time, like, you know, and I make those videos, like, why are you traveling in first class? And I'm like, but you don't understand how many people hear me working on first class and the people that I'm 100%. surrounded by that we're exchanging business. And it's like, you always want to put yourself in a situation where an opportunity can arise. Yes. And then okay. you're ready for it. Exactly. So it's like... When you, when, yeah, it may seem like, wow, but this is kind of expensive for a gym. I'm not saying go broke over this gym or go broke and fly first class. No, but I'm saying like, think about these things, not just as like a, a a novice, like luxury thing. Like, oh, this is a silly luxury. No, these things are actually investments for your well being. Yes. But because also like you want to live the life that your next client or your desired, like, like I said, life. Referral, partner, whichever 100%. is living. Like you, because then then you're going to be able to relate to that person better because you go to those yes. things and you've been to those hotels and you've, you know what I mean? A hundred percent. That's a whole thing on its own. Th-
0: that's what I was saying about those like Airbnb condos that yeah. they're building, like yeah. where it's specifically for Airbnb and they have these like members only areas mm-hmm. where it's almost like a country club, like you know, there's a, not members only, but owners only pools and owners only bar. It's like, that's like your country club within your investment. Like that's a no brainer because people pay 60 grand a year to be a member at a club just to rub elbows with people and network and stuff like that. So it is like a psychology that a lot of people have used for a long time. It's just a different version of that. And it's like a very, like, I think me like that's what i would aspire to is like spending my time at like a nice spa and like it's just you want to understand in your head that you can have both that you can have that like really cool like soft ideal lifestyle but also have that be intertwined with your hustle right your like work because you're you have that at the forefront of your mind yeah on on a less luxurious side of that (laughs) when i wanted to learn more about commercial real estate i met with this developer and he said the best thing you can do is like go to like a diner at like 7.30 in the morning, like multiple times a week. And you'll learn so much from the older investors and stuff that are having breakfast there, these like little diners. And so I would go and meet with him at like 7.30 a.m. just to learn about commercial real estate. We would talk to the people there about their investments, about their lives. And it's so interesting how much you learn from other people And, you know, people buy courses and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, people want to be heard and they want to tell their story and they want to teach you these things. You just have to listen and be receptive. And it's kind of amazing when I talk to my clients and I'm like, wow, I'm, you know, you're my client and I'm like working for you, but I feel like I'm learning so much
1: and I'm gaining a lot through this. And, And that's so important that you say that, especially referring back to like, there are so many courses, there are so there there is so much information out there for you to learn. But if you don't go out there and you don't make that blend between yes. the old school, physically meeting people and the new school, the courses and mixing that together, you will only see one side yes. of business. And that's and that's not really the way to go about it. And, and, and like you said, going to the diners, working from cafes outside, I think it's very, very, very healthy to put yourself, like I said, physically in the mind, in the position of what other investors and what other people that you want to work with or that how you want to be. It's so important to live that because if you don't like when you do live it, you're physically there, whether that's sitting in this cafe or sitting in a hotel or sitting wherever you think your next client is going to be that you can work from and find and like you're transported. Exactly, you convert into this person, and you're like, "Garçon, another <laughs> latte, please." Another latte, you know, like you like own the, like the that place. I'm expensing from my tax returns, but it's totally fine. Like, it's just like now It's true. I can't even tell you how many times like I was like working from an Nespresso in Beverly Hills. And like people would be like, "Oh, I heard you on your phone call. Like, is that really what you do? You can help people do that. Yes. And like, people are listening. They're listening. And like, it's it's so much better if if you're going to work, if you have stuff to do, you might as well do it out where other people can see you in action. A hundred percent. A hundred. percent. You, know I mean, you do remember when we had Starbucks? Yes. We were just meeting up for a Starbucks. We couldn't even get we our work even, done
0: because people were talking to we us all like, the whole time. Go. We're like, we gotta go. We're like, the okay, paparazzi are out. Take <laughs>
1: our cards. Bye. Yes. But oh, you no 100% do that like and that was just at a Starbucks it's you know it's
0: crazy no that's literally like how I built my career because I door knocked but I really wanted more so from than just the people in the house I wanted people to see me correct going around the neighborhood for five hours at a time and like where they would leave and come back and still see me out there like sweating handing out (laughs) postcards because I'm like you know, at that time everybody's like, "Oh, millennials are super lazy." Yeah. And I'm like, "I'm going to be the least millenni- least lazy millennial." And everyone's going to see me on their ring cameras and like, you know, that that like you have to be like that. And yeah. you have to be the fucking walking billboard of your yes. business. You can't We're the have brand. Shame. You have to be yeah. like, "Oh, I heard somebody on the elevator talking about wanting a house. Like, here's my car." Like, you cannot be like, "Oh, I don't want to bother anyone." You know, like that that's kind of how I that's how I did it because yeah. I was like I really want to gain the respect of these this older clientele mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. I really value their input and, like, traditional values that they have of, like, shaking the hand and looking in the eye and that kind of stuff and, yes. like you said, like, that in-person thing – of like building your business on old school values, but using new techniques to bring in the marketing and to actually benefit those clients, because they're the ones who benefit when we post about a property for them, Mm -hmm. or we utilize the knowledge that we're gaining through social media for them, like you're saying, like talking about the new programs. And that's one thing I do want to just touch on with your business with Airbnb, because I know that You know, people were qualifying in different ways. How often are you helping buyers with Airbnb, and do you still feel like it's a strong and
1: good time to buy in South Florida for Airbnb's? On the honestly, when it it, it's all I see, even on the commercial side right now. Like I'm working with a client who's buying a building solely to convert it for Airbnb hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's still very very popular. Obviously, because it proves to bring in some of the highest returns when we're looking at real estate returns. Right. Um, but I think kind of like how we were talking about in the beginning, like organization is key. And yes. if you don't have the right management company or you don't know what you're doing, uh, you, you will not have success and you need to set yourself up for success. Yes. But I definitely think, I mean, South Florida is a hot market regardless. Yeah. I mean, regardless of whether it's Airbnb, a second home, primary, like there is no better place right now to buy, but it's interesting. And and that's kind of why I think I'm dealing with so much more construction and commercials because there's very inventory left. Let's be real There's like nothing, you know, and, and what's interesting is that like, why do we still like, why are we now dealing with more experienced investors, they saw the prices going up when all the new investors kind of came into the picture the rest of the nation started slowly crashing down because of, you know, this economic recession that we're kind right. of going into with inflation. But baby, South Florida has not really gone it's down in prices. Crazy. It has stabilized, stabilized. And the investors have like, all right, it's not going down and it's not going up. This is the time to buy because now people don't have any more cash. The rates are too high for them. Let's go in and swoop in what we can. Exactly, But they're not necessarily getting like a deal. Like, oh, no. wow, you got it hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, no, 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 no. It's the prices just, you're are not having justified. to pay 200K over because
0: right. you're not competing. And having to sit for three people. years before you right. can see the
1: dollar of that equity coming back. Like, exactly. It's but a I'm more s- active market for uh, active investors, I think, right now, but that's 100%. I think nationwide.
0: And I think yeah. the pre construction market is like huge because I think people have their plan. A lot of people that I talk to will be like, My plan is to buy an RVV now and then I'll move to South Florida in like three years. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those like developments that are maybe just getting torn down now or like just starting off are like gone it's like they're not there's not a lot of inventory at all for those because like I said like all of the properties down here they're older they're built in the 70s if they're by the beach if they're on the water they're built like you know 60s 70s and people from out of state are used to a certain level of a house like where it has high ceilings and it like has that expansive feel and it's newer they're not used to you know paying a million and a half for a house that's like original you know so I mean there's
1: there's that brand new building in in Brickle has not even yet broken ground yet, and it's going to be like condo hotel. Like they're going to wow. allow people to do. Probably. You know what? I'm. I didn't catch the name, but yeah. I. I saw the numbers. They are already eighty eight percent sold out. With, yes. the gra- with the ground not even being broken, and we're talking about eight hundred thousand dollars a studio, honey. Oh, I
0: know. I have. We just closed on two in Brickell. I have another one. Just went under contract. Um, a condo in Brickell. But yeah, they start at like seven fifty, and then they go up to like one point eight million. Yeah. But They make sense, because it's like, okay, um, if people are going to travel, they're probably going to travel to Miami or Fort Lauderdale, and then if they're not going to travel to Boca, they're going to go to Deerfield. Like, there's these certain areas where it just, like, it makes sense, and it's all year round, and it's not, like, and it's not BS, because... When I first started talking to to investors about buying Airbnbs, they didn't believe the numbers at all. It was really difficult for Mm -hmm. me to get them to, like, understand that this was real income. And now that we have so many years of it. Right. And through different markets a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think even in a couple years, it's going to be like, wow, like, this is insane. For South Florida specifically. Like, I know that we're biased, but it is – we are lucky where we live.
1: There's almost, like, no reason to discount what we're saying in the sense that, like, just take a look at, like, Florida's social calendar for the year. Right. Okay, there is something happening everywhere in every part of Florida all year round. The Boat Show, Ultra, uh, Art Basel, like, the, the, the F1 race. Right. Like, it is non-stop, right. non-stop, non-stop. And so, you know, you look at the prices of hotels. You look at what it costs now to travel. Yes. Which has gone up. Substantially, so you try if you are going to travel, and you're like, okay, well, I can't cut costs on the airlines. You're not going to drive right. across states for the majority of the part. I'm going to do that by getting an Airbnb right. where me and my friends can split a place exactly. and just make it make more sense. Exactly. And then, too with the remote work, like that has gotten so much more popular, and people that have and are getting like laid off interestingly enough, are in industries like tech where they're smart enough to be like, that's okay, I'm gonna be my own entrepreneur. And I can go live in places like I've always wanted to. Doesn't necessarily have to be like Brickell or Miami, but it could be Fort Lauderdale and Boca and Delray Beach and like span out further. Yes. and live that nomadic Airbnb lifestyle where they're like, I'm going to do a month here and a month there. Like hundred percent. And I actually have an Airbnb in Scottsdale. It's not South Florida. yeah. But I can understand the logic of like, yeah. do, you, to make sure that you have a desk and you have very like livable things. Like people are and like- families yes. need like the
0: space and like, the rooms and all that Airbnbs
1: stuff. Airbnbs do make sense and they, will, and they will make sense for a very long time. And I think even with the pandemic, you have people that maybe don't necessarily want to be in a crowded hotel with a bunch of people. Right. You know, right. or no, some it's people want to stay as a family together, even 100%. content creators. I can't tell you how many groups of content creators I've met up with. And it's like, let's just get an Airbnb since we got to get all the content in one place. So I, I know the, people and that's who really own more like a and
0: stuff where they'll just rent an Airbnb for the day to like shoot the looks and like yep. whatever and just use it as a backdrop yep. where I'm like, if you have a luxurious house and like go crazy with it yep. because people will pay for like they even will know them as specific houses in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's the this house or the that house. Like name your house, make it brandable, make it stand out. Like there's so, I think it's the ability to maximize your investment that Airbnb gives you. That's crazy. It's like you could really do the bare minimum and still make decent income. Yeah, but if you could go all out and make a shit ton, yeah. Like like you're saying Scottsdale, but what was $1,900 a night for a freaking three bedroom house? Yeah, but they decked it out. They did it the right way. They like went crazy and they understood how it works. And didn't think it was, like, cheesy yeah. and did and the mirror. And saw the market and, for the people yes. that were willing
1: to pay the premium. And it's like,
0: yeah, yeah sure, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to book that because I want that backdrop for my Instagram picture. Yeah.
1: But what's interesting now, too, is that, like, it's not even just Airbnb. Now you have, like, peer space and you can rent your place out hourly for events right, and for shoots right. and other things. So it's like if you are looking for a place... Designed as an investment property for short term. I mean, the avenues are non stop in terms of how you generate income. So now it's not even just like, well, if Airbnb is slow, then like you can turn your property on different apps and make it work for so many different things. 100%. Which is what's so interesting now with like just the single family residential investment sector right now
0: and picking up off of what you said because when I kind of asked about how social media affects the market I kind of mean that too where it's like oh yeah you know we are like facing a recession however people have so many more opportunities now like even talking about chat Mm GPT like that's something in and of itself that like can create a job for somebody or even help somebody start their own business. Like there are so many more tools now, yeah. so much more understanding, so yeah. much more knowledge that's given to people in short clips where it's not like you have to read a book to know this information. Yeah. You it's get like a and it's like, "Oh, I can do that." Like you said, mm-hmm. "Oh, I can I get I got laid off, but I know how to do a bunch of these like computer tasks. Let me get an Upwork account and, you know, be a freelancer." Yeah. There's so many opportunities, so I think it is creating prosperity where we would never see that in without social media. We would totally. never see that many opportunities that people have now to generate income for themselves where they don't have to be an employee. They can just do it themselves. 100%. And have an Airbnb be their business. I think the best thing for like a young couple to do would be to buy like fixer uppers and Airbnb them because they can do it together. Yes. They can make it fun. It yes. can be their business. And I've seen so many successful couples do that or
1: friends do it. And it's like, why? Why not like why not that be your business and I mean I mean I'm walking proof of that and I know right. you are too like I have an Airbnb with my boyfriend he handles a lot of like the other's there's a problem like this needs to be handled or any finances or whatever right and I handle all like communication and management and believe it or not but even for like the out-of-state investors that are thinking about buying something in South Florida it's so easy because of technology like yes the communication is easy to manage it even from so far away right right that, honestly like Okay,
0: Margo, this has been super fun. I've been dying to do this for a really long time, so I'm really glad that we got to chat. We got a little bit of, like, fun, a little bit of real estate in. Where can everybody
1: follow you? The Real Queen Margo on pretty much any platform that you consume social media, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube anywhere else but i may not be active um so that's where you can find me and i talk about all things mortgages real estate fashion day in the life and a a good amount of travel content as well and you not only help local buyers but you help international buyers yes correct? Um, my main specialty is really working with non-traditional lending so that's all sorts of non-traditional from investors airbnb foreigners that just have their passport and are wanting to buy a piece of the u.s and just want to invest and buy a second home and of course i also do a lot of commercial and construction for new developers that want to buy and build properties here amazing well i have a lot of those so yes. we'll be doing some
0: deals this yes. year <laughs> all right you. well thank you guys for listening to the evolution of confidence i hope you loved it thank you for coming thank you and for having me have an amazing weekend Bye.